from the dawn of time we came, moving silently down through the centuries, living many secret lives, struggling to reach the time of the gathering, when the few who remain will battle to the last. No one has ever known we were among you, until now. Welcome to Trimming Movie Fat, the podcast where we trim films from franchises that don't belong. I'm Stephen Nicholson. And I'm Paul Nicholson. And today we're sharpening our swords, putting on some Queen and preparing to savage some sequels as we take on the five movies in the Highlander franchise and rank them top, middle or lower tier. Which movies will get a beheading from the TTMF scissors? The classic original, the flop sequel The Quickening, the flop third movie featuring an overacting Mario Van Peebles, The Sorcerer, the flop fourth and final Conor McLeod entry Endgame, and the straight-to-TV fifth and final entry of the source. Keep listening to find out. And we'll also share some Highlander facts, provide an overview of each movie, and share our thoughts on each. So, Paul, do you have a favourite scene from the, the Highlander movies? Probably being the first one. Uh, probably. <laughs> I just think it's really emotional when... Like uh, Connor's wife dies and he wants to live forever, plays and and he can't find he's scared to love again in the present day because he'll outlive the person. So probably that moment, just when she she says, "I don't want to see like I don't want you to see me like this, Connor." That scene. So it's not exactly a happy scene, but it's just quite a, an emotional scene that's still stands up almost forty years later. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I would go with. That might seem a strange one. I really like the bit where it's the Queen track, "Don't Lose Your Head," or well, the instrumental oh, in doesn't the, in the car. from a darling. Yeah, we're in the car. Mm. And he's driving around. Uh, the Kurgans grabbed Brenda. <laughs> and <laughs> I just yeah, I think that's just really really good driving around New York. Um, although I have to say, uh, I have. I, We'll talk about it, but I really dislike Highlander 2. But the opening of the theatrical version of that, where they're putting up the the ozone layer shield, I think that's really quite well done. That was good. I was always quite mm-hmm. impressed by that. Sean said uh, only really three words to me the entire show uh, when I first met him. He said, do you golf? And I said no, and that was kind of the last time he spoke to me. Uh, the Kurgan. He is the strongest of all the immortals. He is the perfect warrior. If he wins the prize, mortal man would suffer an eternity of darkness. I had a good time. I uh, didn't have, I wasn't constrained too much by the script, and uh, Russell didn't uh, ever tell me to stop doing anything, so um, I think I was just trying to, trying to get him to direct me. So, but he never bothered. When we first went up to uh, Glencoe to shoot the, the Highland scenes, the, the clan scenes, the clan battles, um, you know, I 
I wasn't treated like most of the cast, and I had to take a train up from uh, London to Glasgow and got into the Glasgow station around midnight, and there was no nobody there to pick me up, so I thought I was going to spend the night in the Glasgow train station until a Glasgow copper came along and told me to move along. So I found a I found a someplace that was open and hung out there for the night, and then they finally came and collected me. So Highlander is a British film and television franchise created by American screenwriter Gregory Wyden. The series began with Highlander, a 1986 fantasy film starring Christopher Lambert, who played Connor McLeod, the titular Highlander. There have been four theatrical Highlander movies, one made-for-TV film, and two live-action television series, an animated television series, an anime film, a flash animation series, original novels, comic books, and various licensed merchandise. There can be only one. Okay, we've just come down from the Isle of Sky. We've watched all five movies that made us cry. All the mortals that stay alive. (laughs) Listeners, here's your podcast. Because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away. I am Connor McCloud. I am immortal. Here we are, born to be kings. We're the princes of the universe. You always be. about the film um, are that I think it's a very popular film and people really like it and people identify with it and you will you can never look at a film the same way as the person who was a writer on it or a maker of the film you know it is the, I've done movies since you know and you, when you look at the movies you only see the missed opportunities you don't see you just see the things that drove you crazy at the time you don't see the things that work the original idea um, for which Gregory deserves much praise is, is a really interesting idea, particularly uh, for a franchise, because uh, it's the oldest myth in the world. And what Larry Ferguson and I did basically was take that core idea and make a big epic story about it. I said, interesting view. I guess that's supposed to be a Scottish accent. I should have explained that uh, the story goes back and forth between ancient Scotland and the modern day. And you know, the ancient mm. stuff reminded me of the Vikings. Remember with Kirk Douglas going The Vikings past, was better and it was a bad film. Kirk Douglas goes past on the horse and Ernest Borgnine says, What a man! Odin could have sired him, but I did. That's the kind of dialogue they have in here. No accent is going to save this dialogue. I thought Highlander 
was a completely, and thank you for laughing at that story, completely silly and very boring movie. I kept hoping for something interesting to come along and interrupt those endless sword fights. Back and forth. These guys must have had pecs like this by the time they were finished. And finally I realized what movie Highlander reminded me of. That's entertainment. That's right, that's entertainment, and that's dancing, and all those other movies that are collections of all the great high points from dozens of movies, one high point right after another with nothing in between. Now, take away the high points, too, and you have Highlander. You could call it that sword fighting. Yeah, well, that's not bad. Uh, that's funnier than your impression of Ernest Borgnine. Thank you very much. Uh, the, uh, no, uh, this one... First of all, I want to tell you something. I saw this in one of the best movie theaters in the United States. I happened to be in Los Angeles, and I saw this in the Avco Cinema on Wilshire Boulevard, Wilshire Boulevard near Westwood. The sound was spectacular, and when this movie started mm -hmm. with a great opening scene, I thought, I'm in for a fabulous time. Mm -hmm. I saw this movie under the greatest conditions that I've seen a movie in a long time. Mm -hmm. It is one of the lousiest films I've ever seen in my life. It made no sense whatsoever as it flipped between the two stories. Sean Connery is billed forth here. He has a bit part. If you're a Sean Connery fan, don't get suckered in That's and right. go to see uh -huh. it. His whole part, he looks like a, he just stepped off a beef eater gin bottle. It's <laughs> laughable. The movie, the whole movie is laughable. The whole movie is, is completely ridiculous. And oddly enough, we didn't go to the same show, apparently, because I didn't see you there, but I saw it in the same theater. And the sound is good. You're thinking, you're sitting there thinking, All I've seen so many movies and so many crummy theaters. Yes. Why, if I'm in this That's theater, can't I be seeing a good movie? Yes. I guess we're just too much to ask for. So we'll start with uh, Highlander in 1986 with director Russell Mulcahy. Uh, so the plot for this one, when the mystical Russell Nash... Christopher Lambert kills a man in a sword fight in a New York City parking lot. He leaves a sliver of an ancient weapon lodged in a car in the process. After brilliant forensic specialist Brenda Wyatt, played by Roxanne Hart, recovers evidence of the mysterious weapon, she and her partner, Lieutenant Frank Moran, played by Alan North, <laughs> embark on an investigation of Nash that will land them in the middle of a dangerous centuries-old feud between powerful immortals. So the gross for this movie, it grossed 12.8 million worldwide on a budget of 19. So it lost 6.2 million um, and it was the 109th highest grossing movie domestically in 1986, just behind the classic My Little Pony, the movie. Uh, that year, Tom Cruise's Top Gun was the number one highest grossing domestic release. Uh, and it is the fourth highest grossing Highlander movie of all time. So ratings wise, it has a 71% uh, fresh Rotten Tomatoes score from the critics and <laughs> conversely, 24 out of 100 critic meta score on IMDb. Uh, audience wise, mm. uh, the audience likes it, 79%. Rotten Tomatoes audience score and a 7.0 out of 10 IMDb audience rating. And here's a fact for you. The British rock band Marillion turned down the chance to record the soundtrack because they were on a world tour. Instead, Queen stepped up to take the prize. And in summary, people hate Highlander because it's cheesy, bombastic and absurd. And people love it for the exact same reasons. So Paul Highlander from 1986... You are a fan, are you not? Yeah, it's absolutely one of my favourite films. It's just obviously being a big Queen fan as well. It's probably the reason we we wanted to see it. But it's just it's got everything. It's got filmed in Scotland, obviously. 
we've been to a lot of places. Uh, and it just looks so beautiful. It's just so beautiful, and and the music, Queen music, and the story, and Sean Connery steals the show, and uh, it's good. Clancy Brown's introduction as well. Who's obviously a really big actor now, and it was his uh, his first major film, anyway. Certainly, I think. Just a bright film, really quite. It's a love story, really, but it's just really just brilliant, yeah. And do you remember when you first watched it? Because I do. <laughs> yep, yeah, mum and dad on VHS video from the video shop. And what's yeah. the part that uh, you most remember about it, Paul? <laughs> the love scene. <laughs> <laughs> when it got fast forward. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of I was scarred by that because uh, obviously it was a fifteen, and it was a, and I really I think it was a fifteen because there's not obviously there's some uh, swearing in it and some violence, but obviously I think the sex scene tipped it into fifteen mm-hmm. territory. Uh, but yeah, we're watching it, and you were what age at the time? But ten. Would have been ten, yeah. Yeah, and I'm thirteen. And the sex scene turned off. I've never seen Dad move so fast in my life. This was before <laughs> you had remote control video recorders. So mm. <laughs> I just remember Dad kind of leaping off the couch, diving over the living room to hit the fast forward <laughs> button on the video. <laughs> and I, I think he says, like, "Oh, they must have must have been must have been too hot. Their clothes fell off." <laughs> <laughs> Well, they certainly were hot anyway, I think. Going on. When I was 30, I was sitting there going, oh, no, this is this is awful. Oh, yeah. So never never forget that. But, yeah, I mean, I think for both of us, it's a sentimental favourite, and I think our, our main reason for mm-hmm. wanting to see it in the first place was because Queen were doing the the songs on it. So that was our, our in uh, to there. And obviously, being Scottish as well, Highlander, <laughs> why, why, why would we not like it? But it's just the thing. I think the producers of this movie totally lucked out based on how bad the sequels are because you've got... It's it's just a brilliant concept, isn't it? The immortals Mm -hmm. kind of fighting each other down through history. Uh, It's just a brilliant, brilliant concept. And I think great casting as well. Uh, And I think it's because the casting is so weird. You've you've Mm -hmm. got Christopher Lambert the Frenchman playing the Scotsman. <laughs> You've got the Scotsman playing the Spanish Egyptian. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you've got the, the Kurgan, uh, also in the American. But but the casting works. It works. It's a really good cast and mm-hmm. it makes the film really unique. I think the director, they've got the right director for it as well. Obviously, Russell Mulcahy was uh, more famous for music videos, I think most notably some Duran Duran videos. Yeah, I think he did Rio, I think. Mm. So, but you can tell with the movie as well, there's a lot of kind of fast editing and the transitions. Some, a lot of that, actually one of my favourite things about the movie is the transitions. Uh, I think one clever, of them where they move from, yeah. I think, the fish tank in Nash's apartment to yeah. the, the, the lake or the loch in Scotland. Uh, so there's lots of really, really clever transitions. No, it is. It's really cool. Really work. And, uh, yeah. and even the Mona Lisa thing. Yes. The Mona Lisa paint, like, that's really clever. Just, yeah, it's really so, clever how to do it. And I believe that, do you know the bit at the start when 
so it feels like you're, it's a helicopter going around the wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I think that actually was at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it was. But it was the first use of like a camera that did that sort of thing. You know how they have them at football games now, the camera that's on a string above. Yeah. So I think that was one of the first examples. So no, it was ahead of its time in many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the, I love the flashbacks in it as well. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. I think it was France where they have the, the duel and then the muskets. Uh, I think the Nazi one, Second World War. Move. Nine. Erst musst du mich erschießen. Whatever you say, Jack. You're the master race. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the flashbacks in it are, are really good as well. Uh, I mean, on the and great villain, the Kurgan's fantastic. Hello, pretty. Yeah, he's brown. Um, and... Yeah, some beautiful Scottish scenery. Um, one of the things that maybe doesn't hold up as well these days is some of the effects. Uh, yeah. I think most notably when Ramirez, Sean Connery, gets his uh, gets his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the backdrop there during that fight is well, when you watch it in 4K, it's <laughs> very obviously mm-hmm. a backdrop, and then a dummy when the head gets walloped off. Um, and I think you can still see I the strings yeah. when yeah. Connor wins the prize and he's getting spun around. At the end, yeah. <laughs> One of the bits that I find as well is when it's Ramirez and Connor running along the sand and there's that deer and they're running. Oh, yeah. You can totally see it's a stuntman for Sean Connor. He's got a wig on. <laughs> How dare you. The beach, you can totally see. Sean, Sean Connery never used a stuntman in any of his movies. No, much. or a wig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I think the incident, uh, obviously the Queen songs are great, and Michael Kamen's score is really good uh, mm, as well. Um, and yeah, as you say, we're lucky enough to obviously do the the North Coast 500 trip here in Scotland this mm-hmm. year and visit in some of the, the locations that were used in the movie, most notably Elendoran. Can never say it, Elendoran Castle. Yeah, so that was, was that, cool. Yeah, it was. That was cool. That was amazing. Um, but yeah. Uh, overall for me, always have a great time watching it, and uh, a classic of 1980s cinema, sci-fi cinema, yeah, really good. So, uh, as we leave each of these movies, we will rank them top, middle, <coughs> lower tier Highlander. I think we know where we're both going with this, so I'm going top tier. Where are you going? Um, it's got the prize from me. The prize from me. Tier. There can be only one, and I wish there was only one in this. That probably will be the only one in this tier. (laughs) Yeah, no, it (laughs) certainly will be. Uh, But yeah, great, great movie, great concept. And actually, do you know what? Uh, There's been talk for years about doing a remake to this or a reboot, and it's actually one that I I wouldn't be upset to do because I think it's just that great a concept it would work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because the original was low budget and so on, and I think enough time has passed, yeah, a reboot would work. And I think because the sequels are just rubbish. Because uh, for me, that's one of the faults I think that they had with this. Maybe they didn't know they were going to do sequels, and I think you kind of get to the end and it's finished. Connor's won the prize. And mm-hmm. it doesn't leave you very didn't leave you anywhere to go really and I think the mistake they made is maybe they should have went back and done prequels and you and you wouldn't even have to follow Connor you could have followed another immortal 
in another historical mm -hmm. time, like eat, you know, the you know the Egyptian times, you know, going back to mm -hmm. ancient Egypt, or anything, <clears throat> or or the you know uh, discovery of America, the Native Indians, all these different things. You could have had different characters, and and I think they maybe missed a trick there. Yeah, the, yeah, because it doesn't. We'll talk about it in sequels. It doesn't all. It doesn't fit together. They've just kind of made a mockery of the first film, sadly. McLeod. You created that monstrosity. I think we've started at the top. <laughs> Let's work our way down then uh, with yeah. Highlander 2, The Quickening. Somewhere in the future. A man from the past, find the cloud and kill him, is all that stands between life and death. There simply isn't enough energy on the planet to take down the shield without killing us all. The world is dying, McLeod. The shield had to come down. Greetings, Highlander. You called? I'm glad the magic works. You got a light. Let's have some fun. Remember, you called me. Just remember the quickening. It sounds like magic. Well, it is, kind of. Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery. Highlander 2, The Quickening. There was a period of time when Highlander 2 came out that my name wasn't Gregory Wyden, it was Gregory Wyden, I didn't write Highlander 2. Because <laughs> people were so angry at that movie, and I remember I had to just constantly say, no, no, I'm, I'm the one guy that didn't have anything to do with it. You know, I was off, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that one. I have sole credit on Highlander 2. And Highlander 2, which was of course the one following the one that did so well, um, it was a pivotal, movie and very important to try to get the franchise moving in the right direction. It ended up being some, something a little bit different from what I certainly I had in mind. But The plot of Highlander 2, The Quickening, is one of the most hilariously incomprehensible experiences I've had in a long time. This movie shows real evidence of having been edited almost at random. Let's take out this and this. And the science in the movie is just as crazy. I think in a way what got me though was the interlocking of all of these plots. The immortals from the planet Zeist who are caught in a time warp of their own involving the fact that they got oriented in Scotland 500 years ago plus events in uh, the year 1999 and more events in the year 2025 plus the cartel, plus the ozone shield, plus the mysterious killer, plus the beautiful independent scientist who exposes 
is the secret of the ozone. You know, in a way, all of this insanity could have added up to something that would have made a great bad movie. But Highlander 2 is so crazily put together, you get the impression that a lot of the key scenes were just never filmed. It is pretty incomprehensible. Yeah. The only question I have is something you said earlier, which is that you'd have to be a zombie to enjoy this, and I'm not exactly sure why a zombie would. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, I don't think a zombie would like this film. That's how closely I listen. Probably okay. proves why you didn't like it. So Highlander 2 The Quickening from 1991 with the returning director Russell uh, Mulcahy. And the plot for this one, um, this sci-fi fantasy sequel, Connor McLeod, Christopher Lambert is back uh, and he's become an elderly man after losing his immortality. So living in a bleak future where the world is protected from solar radiation by a massive shield, McLeod regains his youth when he kills two assassins from his home planet. The planet thing we will come to. Uh, this results in an ongoing battle with the villainous and powerful General uh, uh, Katana, played by Michael Ironside. But McLeod receives help when his noble Juan Ramirez Connery returns. And we don't know why. Anyway, it grossed 15.6 million domestically and a budget of 34 million. So it made back about half its budget. And it was the 83rd highest grossing movie domestically in 1991. And number one that year was the classic Terminator 2. Uh, and it is the highest grossing Highlander movie of all time. So, ratings wise, on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics, <laughs> 0%. <laughs> um, on IMDb, critic meta score thirty-one out of a hundred, and the the audience rating. So not Rotten Tomatoes, twenty-three percent, and on IMDb, four point two out of ten. And a fact for you: Michael Ironside, Sean Connery, and Christopher Lambert all hated the script for the movie. Ironside yeah. said they all did it for the money. And co-star Virginia Madsen said she did it to go to Argentina and to work with Sean Connery. So they were, they were, they were all going there for the right Still reasons. Uh, and in summary, there should have been only one. <laughs> yeah. So, Paul, Highlander to the quickening. I don't think it's as bad as it's made out to be. Now that may be down to, down to nostalgic reason, nostalgia reasons, but I remember it was my fourteenth, yeah, fourteenth birthday because it came out just around that time. So I remember going to see it, and it wasn't that. It was only a few months after Back to the Future too, so I thought it was cool that there was hoverboards in this as well, and. I actually didn't mind it. I watched it again and yeah, the effects are, are not, not the best and the, the whole story just doesn't make sense if you're going with the first, the original logic. But it's not as bad as people make out, I don't think, but that could be nostalgia reasons. I do like the the fights on the hoverboards, but the baddies are terrible. They're like making these noises. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, they're just terrible. It's like those but, twins, uh, right, that are sent back. It's like they've, they've come in from a different movie entirely. <laughs> yeah. It's like two you know Jim of have been sent back to kill yeah. Connor. <laughs> Do you know who remind me of the Wheeler men in Return to Oz? You know those yes. guys? Yes. <laughs> them. They're just, they're yep. just really bad. But, <laughs> but I think, yeah, and what's quite funny as well is that it's supposed to be set in 2024, which is next year. So it's quite funny to think, yeah. oh, so they thought Connor would have a big grey mullet in 2024. And mm -hmm. 
or Nash. Russell Nash. But Which I don't think it's as watch? bad. Well, I think I just watched it again. I don't know. Is that the theatrical? Because I know you had the Renegade version, didn't you? You had There's three or four different versions. Yeah. And we should yeah. we should maybe add, um, just to give some context that uh, there was huge issues with this film and one of them being um, it was filmed in Argentina and during that time I can't remember it was did the economy crash or something or the currency crash there was there was something significant mm-hmm. happened down there so the budget was an issue um, I think the 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 insurers of the movie panicked they took the movie away from the director so the director never got the final cut and mm-hmm. they then put out a, a a very trimmed down version of the the film and then a couple of years later the director russell Mulcahy got to go back in and do his like the renegade version to put back mm-hmm. in scenes and finish off some special effects and so on. Um, so yes, it wasn't a smooth production by any means. And I think the script, there was lots of issues and changes. Um, so yeah, it was just a, a bit of a debacle, really, the whole the whole enterprise. What I would say is I felt actually Sean Connery looked much more at ease in this film than he did in the first film. He just, he just was quite charismatic and Yes, dear shithead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's, he's. I don't know. He just looked really. I mean, he was he was brilliant in the first one, but in this one, he just kind of. Yeah, he just looked quite cool, and yeah, and it was funny as well. There was humour in it as well. Okay, well, I did. Did you come to the cinema with me to see it when it came out? I don't think so. Mm, I think I it's a Alexander. I think. Uh, I think it went with Brian and, and Malcolm, maybe. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I seen this at the cinema when it came out, and I thought it was terrible. And I've not changed my mind. It's a terrible film. Uh, and I will say, so there's the UK theatrical version is different to the US theatrical version. We got it earlier than is the it? US. And I think it was five or six minutes was cut from the UK one for the US one. Okay, so when I rewatched this, I watched the the US one, so which is which is less than ninety minutes, I think. And then afterwards, I thought just to be fair, I watched I think the Renegade one, which obviously is the longer uh, one where a lot of stuff was put back in. And for me, no matter which one you you watch, they're both crap. And uh, yeah, definitely top five most disappointing movies I've ever seen in the cinema because I was so looking forward to it because I loved the, yeah. the first one. And yeah, it's the, the concept of the sequel is just so flawed, right? Whoever thought the idea to basically take all the mystery of the mortals out of things by saying, well, actually, these guys are aliens from a different planet who've been banished. What a stupid idea, right? That totally spoiled it, and that was that. And mm-hmm. and you get that pretty much at the beginning of the movie. And I remember just thinking, I checked out at that point already. I thought that's just stupid. Hated it. Like George Lucas with the midichlorians in Star Wars with Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. where you're try, trying to explain the Force scientifically 
with midichlorians in your blood? It's like, no. Mm. You want it to be mystical. Uh, so, yeah, I totally disagreed uh, with that. And I've mentioned already, I, I think um, the theatrical version it does start off well with the the shield, you know, the building the shield. I think, yeah, okay, that's cool, and music and everything. And it then just goes downhill after after that. I mean, and, when you watch the theatrical one, the American one, right? Because so much had been cut, you're just sitting there going, why is this person doing that? Who's that? Why are they doing this? Uh, oh, look at how Doesn't bad the sense. effects are. <laughs> I mean, in the theatrical one, the when you look up at the sky, obviously the shields, you know, there. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, the effect, every single time you see it. Um and I, I think, yeah, I mean, the hoverboard sequence is actually really good to fight, um, and the effects in that are actually, do stand up really well. Uh, I agree with you there. But yeah, I mean, I, I was actually making some notes. It's just a dreary-looking movie as well. It's just dreary. I know because they're under the shield most of the time, but it's dreary. But yeah, as you're watching it, you're, you're thinking to yourself these kind of questions, right? Why, after 40 years, so McLeod's won the prize 40 years prior, why does Katana now want him dead? Why does he say he wants him dead? In the Renegade one, you do find out a bit more why. Um, but the theatrical one, you don't know. Uh, why and how is Ramirez back? Again, makes no sense. Other than mm-hmm. the way he gets Sean Connery in the movie. You know, um, if he well, comes he back, the show, didn't he? Really? Oh, he did. Yeah. He's, he's great, but again, doesn't make any sense from a, a story point of view. Why don't the other immortals return? Um, how how did Ramirez get to the U.S. Right? Because uh, if I remember correctly, he's gone plain. Well, he is, yeah, but he's got no passport. He's got no money, and he's carrying a deadly weapon. How did he get on the plane? <laughs> um, mm. And Louise, obviously the, the, the love interest, um, she just really very readily accepts McLeod's statement that he's from another planet and he's over 500 years old and immortal. It's just like mm. she's, all right, no bother. <laughs> As you would. <laughs> really? As you would. Um how did Louise not get shot while being in the boot of the car when mm-hmm. um, when Connor and Ramirez go to yeah. the Max place? Right, she's in the boot. She's not bullet protected. <laughs> the whole car's mm-hmm. shot to bits and she's fine. Doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, and the guy, was it, is it Naaman? It's like Connor's friend. Remember, he gets put in Max. Remember that's his friend his and um, the boss of the company. Like, oh yeah, gets him put yeah, in the max, the right? Yeah. So he's been put in max what for a few hours, and he's already on death's door. <laughs> and the only thing he does <laughs> is wake wake up to speak to Connor. Then he dies. <laughs> that's yeah. a pretty brutal prisoner. Yeah, <laughs> mm. you're dead within a couple hours just because it's uh, that bad. Um, so yeah, you just got all these questions, and yes, fair enough, some of them are answered in the in the, the Renegade version there, but yeah, that was DVD a few years later. You're watching it in the cinema, and you're just watching this going, 
This none of this is making any sense. Those twins as well. It's like none of this is making any sense to me whatsoever. Um, yeah, just crap. Hate it. I actually really hate this movie. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. So as you can tell, Paul, um, I didn't like it much. Did you did you like the bit though where he he goes up to the jukebox and puts a kind of magic on? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, that is cool, uh, and and in fact, uh, I'll give you a good character in it, uh, Blake, the the kind of corporate guy. He's good. He's quite a slimy character. He's funny, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's good he's, in he's it. Funny. And I, I normally like Michael uh, Ironside, but you know, he obviously he plays Katana in this, but it just felt too cartoonish. It was like Kurgan light, a yeah. bit too. A bit too yeah. hammy to be truly menacing. Yeah. Last stop. <clears throat> it's so, like try, trying too hard. It just came across a bit like a pantomime villain, sort of. <laughs> I think so. And I think there was there was one exchange in it where I thought, oh dear. It was actually during the hoverboard bit where I think, is it Corda says, Time to say goodbye, Highlander. And McLeod says, Why? You going somewhere? <laughs> Why are you going oh, somewhere? It's like, oh dear. You know. <laughs> so yes. That is Highlander 2, the, the quickening. Uh, so Paul, where would you rank this? Top, middle, or lower tier Highlander? I'm gonna say middle. Middle? Mm. Uh nah, this is uh straight to the bottom for me, so to speak. <laughs> Absolute, <laughs> literally. Absolute, quite literally, yeah, absolute trash. Okay, let's see if we can improve things with the next one, Highlander 3. From the dawn of time we came, moving silently among you, immortals. Throughout the ages, he has traveled through time, fulfilling the prophecy that there can be only one. But the ultimate evil has found him. His name is Cain. Highland is out there somewhere. And he owes me 400 years. One is a master of the sword. I know who you are. You're Connor McLeod, born into the clan McLeod. The other, a master of illusion. Some say he's the devil himself. Two enemies from another time are about to collide in this one. chapter in the epic war between good and evil concludes. There can be only one. Highlander, the final dimension. I always thought it was, would be amazing to be immortal because, uh, you know, traveling through the centuries, um, being able to see so many things, to learn so many things. Um, there's also a, a, a pain factor about immortality because um, all the way through your life, no matter how long it could be, you see people, your close friends, your family, your uh, lovers dying. You spend a lot of time alone. 
I'm used to it. Thumbs down on what hopefully is the final installment of this Highlander series. Boy, I hope so. These movies get worse yes. and worse and worse. This one had me thinking back nostalgically to that one that had the shield around the oh, earth. Yeah, Remember that, to, number two, I think. That's right, to collect the sun's energy. <laughs> uh, without going into everything that's wrong with the movie, which is everything, everything. that there is in the movie, uh, how about that last scene where, once again, uh, the duel, the swordplay, yeah. has to take place in one of these... Factory basic movie sets. It's a factory with flames and steam yeah. shooting out from everywhere as they run up and down the catwalks. And no that workers. Is and no no work. workers. Nobody there. What's the factory it. for? Who knows? <laughs> that is the most overworked cliche in action yeah. pictures. Absolutely. Okay, so Highlander 3, The Sorcerer, was released in the UK in 1994 and I think it was in January 95 in the US. The director is Andrew Morahan. And the plot for this one, uh, an evil immortal swordsman played by Mario Van Peebles catches up to his sorcerer foe, Christopher Lambert, at a deserted New Jersey refinery. <laughs> that sounds brilliant, doesn't it? <laughs> mm. uh, the gross for this one, it grossed death. 36.7 million internationally <laughs> on a budget of 34 million so it, it made its budget back essentially and it was the 107th highest grossing movie domestically in 1995 with Batman Begins taking the crown that year. So ratings wise it continues the, the good stuff from uh, Highlander to the Quickening <laughs> so Rotten Tomatoes critic score 5% uh, on the critic meta score on IMDb 28 out of 100 uh, also, the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is 28%, and the IMDb audience rating is 4.4 out of 10. And a fact for you, the US theatrical release was rated PG-13, and a slightly longer R-rated special director's cut was later released on home video, with two sex scenes trimmed from the theatrical release restored. On top of this, additional violence was also reinstated. And in summary, borderline unwatchable and unspeakably dull, Highlander 3 is a sloppy third instalment that still somehow manages <laughs> to mark a slight improvement over its predecessor. So Highlander 3, Paul. When did you first see Highlander 3? I think I saw it on video. Maybe even DVD. And I remember not... I think it was only in the cinema for like two weeks or something because it was that unpopular, <laughs> if you're lucky. I think maybe in the late 90s. Right. Or maybe maybe it was the 2000s, but and then I bought the DVD just to buy all the collection, but it, yeah, it's not very good. Do you know what I found as well? I think in America, because I was looking the other day, Highlander 3 was called The Final Dimension in America. Mm-hmm, that's right. A different title. But, so, no, it's it's not a great film. <laughs> I think that's an understatement, Paul, yes. Mm -hmm. it's, so I, uh, I have to say, I never, I've, I've nev never seen Highlanders 3, 4, and 5 until the last month, because I knew we were doing this podcast. Oh, right. Yep, never seen them before, never had the desire to, because I heard they were terrible. So, yes, this is the first time I watched it, and my thoughts were it is like a made-for-TV movie. Obviously, mm, it's not got a much. big, uh, it's not a huge, huge budget on it. Um, and again, like Highlander 2, I'm, I'm watching it thinking, like, I'm just thinking of questions, like, 
who's this and how did this happen and what's going on and it's like for I'm just thinking to myself where'd the kid come from and that's I still don't <laughs> think that's ever answered is it where no. the kid comes from I don't think he's his biological kid no. but but where did he come it's not explained where he comes from no it's from. never explained it's like where'd the kid come from um and I, I now is it in this movie they explain that Brenda has died and yeah. Connor survived yeah now how did Connor survive if Brenda died? Bear in mind, Connor is no longer immortal. How is it she died again? She's not dying on a road in Scotland. Oh, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 is that, or is that explained in the sequel? I don't know if that's explained. I, I can't remember. Anyway, um, another question. So the archaeologist, the female, Alex, in this, so she looks the exact same as Sarah from the past. You know, it has the flashbacks. And He's you're English. waiting, yeah. right, and you're waiting for the connection. It's like, oh, okay, she an immortal as well. She's obviously the same person. And that's, again, just glossed over. It's just obviously just a massive coincidence. She looks exactly the same. <laughs> it's, just... <laughs> it's just like, what? It just doesn't make any sense. It's just, sorry, so it's just a big uh, coincidence. And Mario Van Peebles. Uh, now, he, he normally, to be fair, always overacts in everything that he's, he's in. But yeah, he, he goes for it here, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just so hammy. It's it's almost like I find with all the sequels, the baddies are trying to be the Kurgan, but they're like they're more like comedy than than fearful. Whereas the Kurgan is a scary guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like they try and even they try and like speak like him as well. Hello, pretty. You know, they try and speak like him, and and it just sounds like mm-hmm. yeah. Hi, I'm Candy. You know, it just but it just sounds really twee, really. <laughs> and then they're trying well, to be the, the, instead of trying to be themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would say the thing they got totally right in this movie is they basically ignored Highlander too. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's not connected. That was a good thing, and I think the plot conceit is that these three immortals that come back are they yeah they were kind of taken out out of the board because of the magic or whatever which is why you know connor still got the prize in 80 86 because it was it was as if these guys were no longer alive so okay it's stretching but you can you can go go with it but here's one for you so see the the first guy he goes to hunt down connor and he goes from Mm. Is it Japan or Mongolia or somewhere? But he goes from the Far East yeah. to America, right? Bearing in mind he's hundreds of years old, wearing what he's wearing, wouldn't be able to speak the modern languages, has no money. How did he get to America? And how did he know what America was? <laughs> but it's the same with Mario Van Peebles' yeah. character. I think he gets the boat, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. But it's like... 
And and one of the things that he does when he's in America, he's using kind of modern slang and jargon. It's like mm-hmm. he's been he's been locked in a cave for hundreds of years. <laughs> How does he know what's going on? It's a quick learner. Yeah. I'm a friend of your daddy. <laughs> and I think the other one, you know how Connor. No, he gets shot. Remember, he gets shot and he's brought into hospital, but then he's obviously recovered. Mm. He's immortal again. Uh, good doctor yeah. in there, isn't he? <laughs> Throws him in a psych ward within five minutes of arriving. That's right, I know. <laughs> I know you've been shot four or five times but in your card. Like, ah, we'll throw you in the psych ward because you're a bit crazy. Um, but it was good in this movie to have the flashbacks again to the past. That was good. You know, it was a bit more like the original Highlander. Uh, and good to have the transitions again. Not as inventive as the first movie, but uh, and good to have Connor back in Scotland. Do you not think the big problem with the sequels is, I suppose it's like a lot of things like the Star Wars prequels and the Star Wars shows, is that Highlander, you see him going back all the time. He suddenly went to Japan and hundreds of years ago. It's never mentioned in the original Highlander that he did that. or yeah. It's almost like they're going back and rewriting history almost. I know, and I know. It's... Yeah, this doesn't make sense. But no, it's good, um, Connor. And actually, those scenes I actually thought were quite affecting the the scenes back in Scotland. So that really, mm-hmm. really, really worked for me. Um, uh, but yeah, another another one. When did Kane learn to drive a car? Remember, he drives away from the airport in New York. Mm-hmm. When, when did he learn <laughs> to drive? Uh, That's right, and there was that. Yeah. Yeah, picks up the sun. He picks up the sun and pretends he's Connor, yeah. I know. Anyway, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I just, for, for me, in summary, I just think it looks cheap. The acting's not very good. Stories, garbage. And, yeah, it's just another terrible movie for me. Um, so, yeah, Paul, where would you rank this one? Uh, shove it in the bottom <laughs> oh. right um, yep this is another one that goes um, in the lower tier for me yep another terrible terrible sequel uh, but maybe marginally better than the second for centuries immortals have moved silently among us knowing that in the end there could be only one But now, in this world, in this time, I don't care about the game. I don't care about the rules. A supernatural enemy has grown too strong for any immortal to face alone. He surrounded himself by immortals loyal only to him. There has never been a more powerful immortal. What has always been a fight for one, neither one of us can beat him alone, has now become a battle two must face. You and Connor are like brothers. Together.
Thunder Endgame. We did, we did martial arts. I mean, I studied martial arts for about 12 years now. Uh, my style that I do, which is Hungar, I've done for about eight years. And my teacher, Vernon Rieta, is with me to, to enhance the style that I already have. Here. All right, so if I'm, if I'm like that then, then the next shot he has, he pulls down here, which I have to do this to, like this. It's that block, and he comes here and I do this. And on top of that, we also have Donnie Yen. Please in here. Who is a very good martial artist from uh, Hong Kong, who has come in to lend his style and his um, ideas on shooting a, a martial art blend. I, w I would like to say we have a blend of East meets West in this movie. Duncan's presence made this the best material in terms of films since the original release, but in my eyes there can and will be only one. So let's move on to 2000 and Highlander 4 Endgame, uh, directed by Doug Arioski. And the plot for this one, this is the pulse pounding. <laughs> final chapter as one last battle is waged among Earth's immortals, even though there's not meant to be any left, but hey-ho. Uh, and the fate of mankind rests in the balance. Uh, the time is the year 2000, and by now, Kel has become the most invincible immortal ever, amassing the supernatural strengths of the 600 mortals he has killed over the centuries. Kel is ready to win the game at any cost, and the only thing that stands in his way is the continued existence of Duncan and Connor McLeod. Where'd Duncan come from? <laughs> okay, anyway, the gross... TV uh, I know, high on the four gross, um, 15.8 million internationally on a budget of 25. The profit multiplier, well, it lost just over 9 million, and it was the 135th highest grossing movie domestically in 2000, with number one being How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So ratings-wise, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it 11%, and on IMDb, 21 out of 100. Audience-wise, it got 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb. And a fact for you, the film's trailer contained many sequences and elements not in the film, including a scene suggesting that the villain Jacob Kell possessed supernatural abilities and a scene showing Connor and Duncan leaping through a magical portal. It was later revealed that certain scenes were shot exclusively for the trailer to make the film look more interesting. And in summary, <laughs> the fourth and supposedly last Highlander movie is a confusing mess complete with bad acting and dialogue. Do you agree with that assessment, Paul? Yeah, I think it's better than the third one, which isn't saying much, but I didn't mind it as much because it was it felt more like the original because I think this was, was it the same director who did the first one? I'm sure they said, oh, the, the people that made the first one made this one. So it kind of felt a wee bit more like the first one because you had Rachel in it. You had him at his, his penthouse. Yep. So, but he also wears a, like a bad wig in this one as well. <laughs> Uh, and and like you say, you don't know where does Duncan come from. You know, obviously he was in the TV series, and they're probably thinking, oh well, if the films continue, Duncan will take that place of Connor almost. But I don't think it's a bad film. But it's that's probably just because I'm comparing it to the second one, eh, the third one. 
but it, it's okay. It's not it's not brilliant. And the baddie in it's not very good. He's another one who's trying to ham it up. And uh, his Scottish accent's terrible as well. When you see him, he's got the big ginger beard and the hair and everything, and he's just, you can tell uh, it's not his native accent. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not a very good baddie. He's just too hammy. Okay, uh, so you are kind of not good, but okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say it's another absolute crap fest. And I would agree with you, actually, it starts really well, right? Mm -hmm. And I dislike the fact that... Right, so... I watch the movies, I've never watched the Highlander TV show. There's never any explanation whatsoever about who Duncan is. No. He's just there. Right? So immediately um, right, who's Duncan? Why has he never been mentioned before? Right? So there's absolutely no thought given to, to basically anybody who's just watched the movies. So that does get your back up. But yeah, uh, but other than the most boring title kind of scene cards in history <laughs> um, yeah it does start off surprisingly well no Rachel, oh, Rachel uh, which goes the apartment gets blown up and I mean well that's, that's yeah. cool and it's good to see the apartment again mm -hmm. the, and the, the flashbacks as well to Heather in Scotland yeah. and actually you know those first 20 minutes I'm thinking ah this is surprising me this is actually alright yeah, this, is, feel, this, like this is feeling like a Highlander movie uh, so yeah this is, this is okay and the the part which um, <laughs> it all goes wrong is when the worst bike, biker gang in history turn up. Oh, yeah. Right? And then the movie cow. from there and then <laughs> takes a dive, mm -hmm. uh, which is a real, a real, a real shame. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. But I think Christopher Lambert looks ancient in this, which kind of makes a mockery of the the flashback sequences when he's meant to be younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nice to see Rachel back, nice to see Heather back. Uh, no, I think the, the yeah, Scottish stuff's good. Donnie Yen, early appearance by Donnie Yen. And actually, I wish he was in it more because uh, when he's on the screen doing some of his martial arts, it's good. Uh, the other thing which was surprising is actually how bloody this movie is. Blood mm. getting spurted everywhere in this film. Um, but yeah, I do come back to the fact that this is just discarding the previous Highlander movies, and there's no explanation. It's just that, mm. it, from what I've read, it now starts to follow the TV series mythology, where there are immortals still and Duncan's around. It's like, right, well, this is the movies, not the TV show. You've just yeah. decided to join this TV. Mm -hmm mythology and, and junk the the movie one so yeah as a as a, a cinema or a movie going highlander fan it's like yeah what's going on um yeah. i actually quite like duncan though i, I, I touch of the mm -hmm. sean connery's about him the young mm -hmm. sean connery yeah uh, but and there's got a good a good presence uh although i think on the acting front yeah uh, yeah can be a bit uh, as wooden as a post <laughs> Did you not think the bit? Sorry, you go. 
no, no, it's okay. Do you know the bit? The effects are really poor at the end. You know when they're fighting on oh, the yeah. like roof, it just they look really bad. Mm -hmm. Terrible. And uh, yeah, it's. Well, it's actually yeah. that. But see when they're in the corridor and they're facing off against each other, then they both start mm. running at each other with their swords. I fell about laughing. It was hilarious. Mm. It was like two kids playing sword fight. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, the, the acting and the fighting, and yeah, the special effects. It was, oh, yeah. Jacob Kell. <laughs> oh yeah, bad guy. Just, but but the other thing is, obviously, there was guys that Duncan works with in the TV show that appear here, and again, there's no. Yeah. Who are these people? No. <laughs> what the guy do they with the grey hair. And the guy yeah. in the dark, like Duncan's yeah. pals, yeah, apparently. It's like, who are they? What do they do? What what relevance do they have to this story? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, let's rank this one, Paul. Where would you put Highlander Endgame? Middle. I'll put it in the middle. The middle? Yeah, okay. just because it had some of the originals in it. Uh, this is going in lower tier. That's crap. So uh, I can't mm -hmm. put it into middle. Even though, yes, there's some uh, nice elements in here which I did enjoy the overall movies. Crap. And talking of crap, let's move on to Highlander 5, the source. Because we need to. Over the past week, the planets of our solar system have moved outside their orbital paths and are coming into alignment. When that alignment is complete, the Earth is going to be bombarded with cosmic radiation. The moment of the source? Tell us what you found. He has risen. The Guardian. I got to do with this. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, 
at the source, which is a sore point for a lot of people, and as it was for me um, when we first got the script um, with David Bromwich, I saw the seams, as did Peter Wingfield, and we said, this is really good, it's a great piece of quality. When I got the script, about, I must have been about three, four weeks later, uh, it wasn't the one that I'd been uh, read to. And uh, I only recently found out who it was that changed it, which doesn't matter now, but um, unfortunately when you start with something like that it didn't really uh, go the way it was supposed to go and that goes down to a lot of the factors that uh, is, is spoken about in the movie industry is there are a lot of different things that could go wrong during the process of actually making a movie and this was one of the things and it started from day one where we had a script that wasn't up to par Highlander the source gets a zero out of five my lowest recommendation and may it rot in hell Okay, so Highlander The Source, released in 2007, directed by Brett Leonard. So plot for this one, Duncan MacLeod, played by Adrian Paul, and a group of companions embark on a quest to discover the origin of their immortality. So this one was not released in the cinemas, it was uh, originally broadcast on the Sci-Fi Channel in the US. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic scores 0%. Uh, there wasn't a critic Metascore on IMDb. Uh, Audience-wise on Rotten Tomatoes, 19%. And uh, audience rating on IMDb, 3 out of 10. And a fact for you, the original screenplay was intended to begin a trilogy, but was rewritten to be a standalone film. According to the movie star Adrian Paul, the original script wasn't up to par to begin with, and wasn't fixed, but instead ruined through rewrites. And in summary, stripped of all sense of sword-welding, regality, and epic posturing of emotions, the source is nothing less than a parody of what has come before. Do you agree with that, Paul? Yes, it's just... It's it's terrible. I remember I bought it on DVD... (laughs) Just to complete the collection, and it's. And when I was watching it a couple of days ago, I was kind of watching it, but I wasn't watching it. It was that rubbish that I was doing something else. It was just on in the background because I couldn't make sense of it. Yeah, it's just the acting's really terrible, mm-hmm. and it was filmed in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. So the castle, the castle that's in it, I, I actually, I, I'd been to that castle, Trakini. But I bet your, actually I bet your trip be- to the castle was much better than this film. Well, it was. It looked much nicer than mm-hmm. it did in that film, I tell you. It was just a really dreary film. And and you had the guy who was in Footballer's Wife, was it Conrad or something? He was terrible in it as well. He was just so hammy. and Yeah, it was just terrible. Absolutely terrible film. You, you, I think with the previous kind of three movies, you thought you'd kind of reached the the bottom of the barrel, and then you watch this, and this even goes further. <laughs> this is yeah, this manages to be even worse than them, which is some some feat. It's mm-hmm. awful, Something. awful, awful. Um, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Cheap, bad acting. Um, it was like PlayStation Two live cutscene level special effects uh, or, or the kind of stuff that you would see when you go to Disney or something where you've got the they'll maybe show you a film before you go on the ride so it's just you know a bit of drama mm-hmm. and show you how you're meant to act on the ride and so on 
that was the level of uh, special effects in this in this movie um and yeah i mean i think it says all the voiceover so the voiceover at the beginning and the titles or the the card that comes up is meant mm-hmm. to hark back to the first highlander where sean connor reads that and we've gone from the yeah. you know oscar winner sean connor connery and the the gravitas of his voice to some in boy who sounds like he's narrating, <laughs> you know, he's narrating a training video or something yeah. <laughs> um and i thought the italian priest boy was hysterical like as in oh, bad yeah. acting his outfit the bad uh, green screen cgi behind him is meant to be obviously in a um a cathedral Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just do you not think look like Rylan from X Factor? Remember the guy? Was it Rylan? Yeah, the guy yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of it looked like him, the priest. Where's Giovanni? Zai, you do God's work. Do not be afraid. You're eminent. Tell us what you found. Uh, yeah, oh, and even for whatever reason, yeah, he just stood out. Yeah. Just... And there's a terrible cover of he wants to live forever at the end uh and uh, the of the universe in it as well yeah um yeah <laughs> and i think the the level of profession i mean the thing is obviously yes you can have plot you can have obviously story issues you can have bad special effects but you can still try and make a competent movie and i thought this summed mm-hmm. it up perfectly right when duncan is having a conversation with i forget the female lead in it i forget her name but they're having a conversation when i think the was it meant to be dublin or ireland have gone to well they're meant to be yeah. in ireland i think not ireland but they're meant to be there and they're on a boat which is moving now when the camera's on her, in the background, you can actually see, the, obviously, the boat is moving, right? Because you can see the land behind mm-hmm. it, and the, the ship's moving. <laughs> when you cut to uh, Duncan, when he's speaking, <laughs> the boat's not moving. <laughs> you can see it's stationary, <laughs> right? Because it's, it's in the same bit in the harbour. So, I mean... No continuity. Does, yeah. how, how much money does that take <laughs> to, to get that right? That Just show either shoot both of them when the boat's not moving or shoot both of them when the boat is moving. That's just bad, bad filmmaking. I think, yeah, the guy, the young sort of Cockney guy, he was annoying. Oh, yeah, big time. You know, the sort of jack the lad, you know what I mean, mate? It just... (laughs) just, the apples and pears, mate. Yeah, it was just terrible. Acting. What about about the bad guy? (laughs) (laughs) One of us has to die. I've heard that before. <laughs> Whose special powers seem to be uh, <laughs> being able to vibrate and move around very fast, vibrating. Ah, there can be only one. Maybe, but they weren't talking about you. Joe! And even he was, you know, uh, was really kind of hammy. 
as well. Mm. I, I was like, they all were. Yeah. It's like the lead singer of Right said, "Fred gone wrong." <laughs> I mean, yeah, really? No, they're just. I was expecting him to burst in. Uh, you know, I'm too sexy at some point when he was killing a few people. <laughs> but yeah, just it's it is. Uh, yeah, it's terrible, and it's no surprise. Nothing more has been made since then. So, but I think it's been the same producers through all these five movies. So, you've got to say, track record there is shocking. One good movie from five, and uh, you know, it's one one there, amazing movie. Yeah, you know, there can be only like, one, like and there should have only ever been one. Right, mm-hmm. because the rest just silly the reputation of the, the, the original, which is still a great movie. Um, but anyway, we'll rank uh, Highlander. Oh, the, the uh, what was it? The Source. Yeah, Highlander, The Source. source. I mean, actually, we never talked about The Source. This is what they're looking for. There's some kind of, this again, another prize. And you kind of get to the end. It's like, they're at a raffle. <laughs> I was just like trying to get her out. She's pregnant. Is that the prize? She's pregnant, and you know, and Duncan's immortal, and that's not going to happen. Was that the prize? It's just left, Mm -hmm. isn't it? It just ends, and you're, oh, okay. Absolute gubbins. Anyway, let's rank it. Where would you put this one? Top middle or lower tier Highlander? Lower than the lower tier, if that was possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is. By some margin, the worst film we have ever had to watch doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No competition. It's Superman 4 is better than this. Oh, that, yeah. Super- that says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman 4 is better than this, and Jaws 4 is better than this. That's how bad mm-hmm. this movie is. Yeah. That, that tells you how, how low That's we rate it. That's how bad it is. It is. It's even worse than those absolute stinkers right let's rank these in order over our preference then from maybe from lower to top i'll let you go first so what would you put at the the bottom of your highlander ranking the film we just talked about okay so the source source would be at at the bottom and then the second bottom would be the third one. Okay. The Sorcerer. And then it would be, yeah. And then Endgame would be the third one. And Highlander 2 would be second. And Highlander the original would be first. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would go The Source fifth. I think I would put... Sorcerer at four. I would put the quickening. No, in fact, I would put Endgame and third place, quickening second, and the original top. Yeah, that's the same as mine. That's what we mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was yeah. that? It's pretty similar to mine, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The same. Yeah. yeah. That's what we think. What do you think of the the Highlander movies? Uh, do you think we're being harsh on the sequels? Do you think any of them um, are redeemable? Um, what do you think of the original? 
please feel free to, to get in touch and let us know and you'll find our contact details in the episode description. So Paul, uh, at least we got to re-watch the original again, which was great, uh, but what will we turn our attention mm -hmm. to for the next episode? So we've kind of focused in more on kind of spy action stuff and now kind of fantasy with the Highlander series. Where should we turn our attention to next? I think comedy. Yep, go something funny. Yeah, I think you should go for a comedy. <laughs> I think we just did something. a com comedy there. The Highlander movie. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> comedy of errors. So yeah, comedy. You wonder who what would give them the money to do that. Yeah, like who would who'd put up the money to think that's a good idea? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, comedy. I think a comedy would be a good one to do next. Okay. Any in mind? I suppose you've got Naked, Naked Gun. You've got Police Naked Police Gun. Academy. Police Academy. Yeah. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. It's kind of action. Yeah. Yeah, you could put action that in. Comedy. I've never seen mm -hmm. the third one. Have you not? Never seen the third one, and it's not I as bad have... as they make out to be. Right, and I've only ever seen the first one. Uh, sorry, the second one once when we rented the video back in the eighties. Never seen it. Oh well, maybe that'll be a good one to do then. Yeah, why don't we do that then, Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah. Okay, Beverly Hills Cop trilogy it is. So, thank you for joining us, and until next time, keep trimming.